Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I'm thrilled you're with me today. If you're looking for some weekly encouragement in addition to this podcast, I would invite you to head over to my website at amydebrick.com. Sign up there so you can have full access to my free resource library. You'll also receive my weekly newsletter, stay updated on all things, including my book launching this spring, upcoming prizes and giveaways, and the Life on Purpose Summit that's going to be starting on November 4th. This week we are finishing our discussion on insecurities with author Laura Bailey. Laura and I discuss her new book called Beyond the Noise, and she shares the powerful message for all women when we find ourselves in seasons of doubting why we're here, who we are, and if what we do really makes a difference. I hope you enjoy the interview. Good morning and welcome to Life on Purpose podcast. We are wrapping up our discussion on insecurities with wife, mother, and author, Laura Bailey. Laura is a writer for Proverbs 31 Ministries, and I am just so excited to have you here today. So good morning, Laura. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for having me today. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad you had time to meet and discuss, and I'm glad that you're kind of my add-on to this topic of insecurities. It's kind of been a big hit, I think, and relatable to every woman that I know, the topic of insecurities. So, and you know, once you had reached out and I got just an even glimpse of your book, Beyond the Noise, I just thought this would be a perfect fit. So I'm just honored that um, you were able to meet today. Yes. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm definitely glad to be here and talk about this topic, but you are correct. I think insecurities is something that I already see in my six-year-old daughter and I, we, we carry it throughout our lives. So definitely a very relevant topic to all women of all ages and stages. I agree. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself other than what I just kind of introduced there and um, just share with them, you know, um, what insecurities maybe you were experienced before writing the book Beyond the Noise and just a little bit of your background? Yeah. So um, I have three girls, six, four, and almost two. Um, So there is definitely never a dull moment at my house. You know, I live on 25 acres and we have recently started raising chickens. So it is not uncommon for my girls to be running around in their birthday suits, chasing a rooster off our front porch. So there's that. So that is my life. I say that to say is because I've always laughed and said that God has a sense of humor because when I graduated college, I moved to Montreal and I was going to be a stockbroker and I was going to be an expatriate and I was going to live this life of um, just kind of this French style in the city doing my own thing. And um When I was there, I just felt this wrestle, this tension, and um, I I came home and I reconnected with my now husband, and I I quickly went back and said, I need to come home, and um, I I returned back to the South. We live in South Carolina, Uh, but at that time, um, my husband had said, hey, I always want want to live on land, and I thought, okay, sure, but that's where I'm at, (laughs) so... um, 
that, you know, that's, that's definitely not the life that I would envision, but I would also say that it is a better life than I envisioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, before currently right now, I am a full-time stay at home mom. I, I do write, as you mentioned, but my number one role is being in the home and being available for my family and then within my local church. Uh, but before that I was in sales for about 10 years and, you know, if somebody would have asked me or if somebody would have said that I would be on a podcast talking about writing a book for women or speaking about God on a, on a larger platform than just my daily devotions, I would have said you were out of your mind. <laughs> and I know you, you probably hear that a lot, but that is the truth. I thought I'm a career woman. This is all, this is how my life is going to look. But I just felt, you know, that shortly after I had my first daughter and after my second daughter, I just felt, again, that, that tug of, you know, I just, I, I think there's more than this. I felt an emptiness, um, basically the paycheck, the praise, the validation, no matter how great, no matter how grand it was, it didn't quite feel the void. And I just felt God saying, because there's more, there's more, there's something more than this I have for you. And so after that, I shortly, I made the decision after my second daughter was born to stay at home and, um, God will reveal some insecurities when you start staying at home <laughs> with a two-year-old and a baby that does not sleep. Um, mm. My four-year-old still doesn't sleep. So um, he definitely used that time, especially in those first couple of months, to reveal when all of my securities were stripped away, when my blank, my security blankets, what brought me comfort, things, you know, like validation, you know, worldly success, that financial prosperity, the freedom to go to the bathroom by yourself, things <laughs> of that nature. I quickly learned that I didn't know who I, I felt this longing, like, who am I? I just felt lost. I just, you know, I thought, but I'm a mom. I'm supposed to be fulfilled. I'm supposed to feel this wake up every day. I guess I had this, I don't know, this television Hallmark version of like, hi, I'm here. What can we do today, girls? And the, my girls would say, mom, you're so awesome and wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'm sure all the moms can laugh at that because that's not exactly how that works. Right. Um, I just kind of used those, those months and those years to just say, Laura, you have got a great head knowledge of me but you don't have a personal intimate relationship with me. And that's why I kind of felt this stuck, this, this piece of filling my life with all these other things. It went from, you know, sales goals to, okay, making sure that when my husband came home to say, Hey, look what I did today. Look what I did today. And nobody was asking me to do that. My husband wasn't asking me to do that, but I felt secure saying, look, I have this list of things that I did, you know, so somebody could say, okay, good job. Good job. Right? right. And I just, I felt like, man, I'm still running the rat race, Lord. Like I thought I would, you were supposed to take me into motherhood to lead me closer to you. And he said, well, that's because, um, you're still trying to find fulfillment. You're still trying to fill that void and what you can do or you can accomplish. And so, um, you know, Amy, where beyond the noise kind of came is like I mentioned, my second daughter, I mean, just never slept. And so I would be up at night and my mind began to wonder. And I began to ask these kind of these deep, dark questions. And I began to have these thoughts in my mind that would come up of, am I, am I wasting my life here? Like, what am I doing? You know, am I, I'm just a mom. 
I'm serving my husband. Like, does he even think I'm important? Like, does he even see me? Does he even notice me? And so these dark thoughts kind of came. um, And I, when I would wake up in the morning after I'd had a heavy dose of coffee, um, I would go to my Bible and I would not only go to my Bible, but I would seek, you know, different commentaries or godly counsel to help me kind of pull apart some of these at the time, I understand they were lies basically um, to help me kind of pull apart and pick apart these lies and help me to find biblical truth, scripture truth, to help me walk in more of, of truth and light versus kind of the darkness and despair that I was feeling at the time. Wow. I mean, I can't imagine any woman not relating to any of that, especially just those feelings of where you, even when it is your dream, I mean, being a mom, I always say, sounds like an underachiever to other women, probably with different vocations, (laughs) but you know, that was my number one goal. And, but even when you're in that spot and in that season, sometimes you just feel insignificant. It's such Mm -hmm. a, it's such an incredible job, but it's, but it's also easy to feel insignificant in that place. Um, and so I, I love that you shared that because I think that so many women can relate to feeling that way. And it's such a, an honest thing to say, but I think women need to hear it and remember that they're not alone. And that's why I love that you wrote beyond the noise. So explain a little bit in depth, what the message is, um, and what you want women to take away from it when they read that. Yeah. So um, Beyond the Noise explores 10 lies that women believe. They're pretty, I would say they're, they're common lies that women across ages can relate to. Um, it, I kind of expand on what the lie is. I provide biblical truth um, to refute those lies. And then, you know, with practical insight and application of how we can daily fight those battles. I think, and you mentioned this exactly, is that I think our society has become open to discussing our surface struggles, Mm. but we neglect to really open up about what's going on in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, and even Christian women, you know, I think about a round table, I think about my small group, you know, it's like, okay, you go first, and then I'm willing to share, you know, I always say like, I heard it said like, okay, I'll share my ugly so you can share your doesn't look so bad. Right. Right. And so that's what I, I just feel like I said, God, like help me to share my ugly, but help me to share it. Not in a way that is um, self-promoting or transparency and not to change, but help me to share it in the sense of how you change me or to do the hard work of saying, well, what's the core issue that's going on? What is it that I'm really believing about either myself about God, about Christianity, um, and doing that hard work and not hiding in shame or guilt or fear of what other women might think about me. Because the reality is, Amy, it's like you just said, everybody is struggling. Everybody has Mm -hmm. some struggle. Your, your, and my struggle may not be the same. Um, but we all struggle. And I, that is where you ask what women to take away from the book. And the first thing I want people to realize is they need to recognize that we have an enemy mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is, and when I say enemy, I say that it's specifically, you know, the devil, Satan is our enemy and we are under spirit as believers. We are under a spiritual attack and I won't dive too much into this, um, you know, but 
we have to recognize that when we're being under attack and we have to recognize who is our enemy. I think so often, you know, I grew up in church, but it was spiritual warfare or understanding that there's a spiritual battle that goes beyond just you and me wasn't really talked about. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to realize, like, you know, I, I started reading my Bible and as I was writing beyond the noise, I went back and I discovered John 10, 10 and it's Jesus. And he's talking about, he says, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. And I'm like, huh, those are, um, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> you know, and then you, you read in first Peter, the devil prowls like a lion seeking someone to devour. And I think so often we think of it like, oh, it's not really that bad. We justify whatever it is. Right. right. And, and that's how, he wants us. That's what the enemy wants us to do. But when you look at it, it's like, no, he doesn't have our best interests at all in mind. Right. And when we start to realize that, we say, we look at things through a different lens. And that's the second part is I want women to see. Because the second part about John, uh, John 10, 10 is the hope is that Jesus says, okay, that's what the thief comes to do. But I come so that you may have life and life to the fullest. Well, how do you do that? Right. And we do that. And, um, you know, as, as Christians, we have life to the fullest. We have that eternal promise as soon as we accept Christ. Mm -hmm. However, as you and I both know, we, the, the war, the ultimate victor is, you know, the war has been decided, but there's still battles that are every single day. And we have to understand that we live in a fallen world as a part of that. We're still going to have, we're still going to wrestle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we are wrestling, Instead of what I did for such a long time, I either suppressed it, right? I just pushed it down, pushed it right. down. Um, I either numbed it with a very, you know, distraction, um, you know, social media, Netflix are the easiest ones, but there's tons, right? There's tons that you could put out there. Um, or I just basically just said, you know what? It's not that big of a deal, but I wasn't, I was constantly in this dark, kind of tension. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I realized that God said, Hey, the only way that you're going to be able to really uh, refute these lies or move past them and walk in freedom, break the chain is because you have to know what the Bible says for yourself, not just what a preacher says, not, you know, obviously preachers are great. Not just what a commentary says, not a podcast or a, a social media post or something you need. Those are great supplements. That's the gravy, right? Right. But you need to go get the meat and the meat is what God's word is. And I think Amy, one of the biggest lies I believed is that because I didn't have a seminary degree because I was, you know, just a mom, just a regular old person, I couldn't understand what the Bible said. Right. And that's a lie in of itself. Right. Um, but it's just understanding that reading the scripture, studying, meditating it and, um, really trying to understand what God's word for myself. That's when things changed. And that's what I want women to understand that the Bible is for everybody, every age, every stage, every walk of life. And I love that. And I love that you pointed out how easy it is to kind of disqualify ourselves. You know, we're, well, we're not this, so we really don't, you know, we're not really an expert here. So, you know, we really can't offer this, but we, you can, you can offer it. I mean, other people still have to do the work, but you can still offer on how to get the same peace, the same happiness, the same truths, the same hope 
Um, and so I think it's, it's almost you're doing a disservice when you don't offer that, but it's easy to just say, well, you know, that's really probably a job better for so-and-so they're probably right. more equipped than, than I am. And you know, the reality is we're, we're all, we're all equipped. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of setting maybe sometimes our pride aside or our insecurities aside and just moving ahead with what God has laid on our heart. So I love that. Um, well, how would you say personally that you found your purpose in the process of navigating these truths? So I think um, it was, it's a process, right? And mm -hmm. it still is a process because I can't tell you how many times I, I'll talk to a friends about something that I'm struggling with and they'll say, have you read your book? And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay, I know, I know. But it's that's that. I guess that I say that to encourage women to say is it's not like overnight. You just it's a magic pill, right? right. And everything is answered. You're you're you the butterflies are singing. Um, you can tell I I have to watch a lot of Disney movies. So I think about <laughs> the birds and all those. Um, but life is not necessarily play out that way. And so one of the things that I was able to really find my purpose for, for the book, I did an extensive exploration of Genesis, you know, kind of the creation, but specifically Genesis chapter three, where it talks about the fall. And just to give, I won't dive into all the specifics, but just to give an overview, this is when Eve takes the forbidden fruit. God has told her, Hey, do not eat the fruit. She eats the fruits. Sin is ushered into the world, and thus we have the consequences of sin. And, you know, I, I, I read that over and over, and I kept thinking, like, Eve, seriously? Like, you had all of these other trees, right? And then an apple, or we don't, you know, it says fruit. But I'm like, chocolate cake? I maybe get it. But a fruit? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But, you know, but the point is, it wasn't the fruit per se. It could have been anything right? It was the idea that when she, you know, was tempted and they say the serpent, which, you know, ultimately is, is our enemy. The serpent kind of put that doubt in her mind, right? You know, and he says, did God really say, you know, and then he kind of hits that last hook and he tells her, you know, mm, no, it's because you will be like God. And that's really what it is, right? It's the, it's the thing that we think, Hmm. Maybe I should be like God. You know what? God is probably withholding something from me. That's what this is. He's withholding from me. He doesn't really have my best interest in mind. And that's when we start to believe that that is the narrative that we begin to believe. And when really, when you go back to Genesis chapter one, well, God created humans out of love. He didn't need us. He didn't have this huge void. And he said, Hey, I just feel like something's missing. He created us so that we could enjoy in his presence. We could bask in his glory. We could reap the benefits of what it's like to have an intimate relationship with him. And yet, I think the thing that even is more intriguing to me as I learned through my study is because God is sovereign, meaning like he knows everything that's going to go on, he created us knowing that we were going to rebel against him. Right. And I know that for I, you know, for, for myself, I'm like, Eve, I can't believe you did that. Or the Israelites, seriously, come on. Or, but I'm like, Laura, 
seriously, come on, you're still doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these lies stem from the exact same place. It's because I say, I don't know if God is as good as I really think he is. Mm -hmm. Well, is God's way really better than my way? Mm, I don't know. Or I try to take on the attributes of God. I want to be the all powerful one. Mm -hmm. I want to live without limits. I want to be the one that is the caretaker, the controller of, of my own life. And I think, Amy, that's when I began to truly find my purpose when I realized and I understood one thing is that God created me out of love and that he still, knowing all that he knew, he still created a way for his creation to come back to him through sending of, you know, Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, right? But the other thing I began to learn is that you know, as painful as it is to admit is that I was trying to be like God. And in reality is me trying to be like God will only end in total detriment, right? I have to, through faith, realize right. that God is God and I am not. And right. his ways are better than my ways. And he is working for my good. Whether I can see it or not, I have to believe that through faith. Um, because I've tried a lot of these other things. And it didn't work out so well. Um, and this is that this is kind of where I found my true purpose in Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's so true. And I think that I definitely fall on the ladder of that. Um, <clears throat> and I think that just, I always, it goes back to being more of a control freak personality. I think sometimes you, it's almost like you inadvertently take that on. I don't even know sometimes if it's a conscious role to say, I want to be like God. I think you just get a little bit of that, <clears throat> excuse me, high power feeling of it's addicting and you, you feel like you're here, but you could be here. And you're like, well, I mean, you know, I should be able to control this, that, and the next thing. And when I can't, and of course, like you said, I mean, you're that you're always setting yourself up for failure when, when that occurs, but it's so relatable. I mean, we all do it. And like I said, I think sometimes you just fall into that, but more sometimes, you know, more personalities than other mine was one of those. Um, and I think it's also, and you mentioned this early on is that it's hard to take your own advice. So you have this book as a wonderful reference, but sometimes <laughs> it's like when you're the one putting out the stuff and even sometimes with this podcast or my writing, I can all day long give you solid advice on what I've yes. experienced. I mean, personal experiences, not even just winging it and what I know to be true. And then sometimes you just get in those places where, you know, you really need to go back to the truth because it's hard because life is still happening. The world around us is still happening. You know, comparisons, social media, there's so many distractions to get you off your game. And so even when you know the truth, I think it's hard and it's such a, a, a good reminder to, you know, always where you need to go back to find those truths, you know? Um, well, I love the, the message and I think it is so important. Can you, um, well, I want women to connect with you because I want them to really touch on it more in depth, these lies um, that you have, because I think they're really important, but can you just quickly list them? And then I will have listeners, um, learn how they can connect with you and get the, not only the 10 lies, but the scripture cards that you kind of have, uh, as the, the truth 
you know, really behind those lies. Yes. Um, I will list them. I wanted to say really quickly before I do that, you mentioned about diving into God's, God's word. That is the number one, but I would say for advice for women who say, um, just like you said, I had, there was a keyword. I had friends who said, Laura, do you hear what you're saying? They yeah. pointed me back to truth. And so two pieces of advice I would tell women is one, seek godly counsel. Mm -hmm. I, I have a counselor. It is a, he's a Christian counselor mm -hmm. who helps me kind of go through some of these, who helps me, you know, pick them apart from a godly biblical perspective. The second thing is I surround myself. I mean, not all friends, but when I'm really struggling with godly community, that will help me realize, um, you know, point me back to Christ. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I, those are two important things. Um, I agree. When you're in an attack situation yeah. or just, you may not even know you're in an attack. Is it just understanding, um, kind of help you work through it? Helps so, you work through um, and, and changes your perspective back where it belongs. But you're right. You know, the, the, yeah. the council and the fellowship with the right people at the right time can make all the difference. Yes. So, um, yes. Yeah. So really quickly. So there's 10 lies. And, um, the first lie is you can have it all. Uh, the second, your past defines you. You, you are not the right size is the third lie. The fourth lie is, you know, Facebook is real life. <laughs> lie number five, you'll live happily ever after. Mm. You've vastly overrated motherhood is lie number six. And lie number seven, you're just lazy and unproductive. Mm. Lie number eight, you can't save the world, so don't bother. Lie number nine, you must never allow yourself to be one-upped. And the last lie is you will always have tomorrow. Mm. Wow, that's great. That's really powerful. Well, let, let's let women know before we wrap up here how they can mm -hmm. connect with you, get um, some PDFs that you have on your website and all the good stuff, and, and even where they can buy your book. Yes. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Laura Bailey writes and, um, I blog regularly at laurarbailey.com. Um, you can also connect with me, um, on Amazon, where's where you can purchase my book, or again, you can purchase my book through my website as well. So that's awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much, Laura. That's such an important message. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. That's, you know, it's going to be really impactful for the one person. And I always go back to the one because we try to reach the masses, but really it's the one, that, the one that needs to be reached. And um, whoever that is today, I hope that they find this message really hopeful for them. Yes. Thank you so much. I enjoyed my time with you. Well, that's it for us today. If this episode has impacted you in any way personally, I would love to hear from you please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to Life on Purpose podcast from any of your favorite listening platforms. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series on gratitude coming into the holiday season, and I look forward to seeing you there. In the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and God bless.